Hey everybody, have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the opportunity to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This is episode 104 of Screwball, and we are into our second week of baseball, and we are into the second week of normal episodes of the podcast. And, uh, you know, we've seen, obviously, the first series went over last week, and now we've seen our first full week of baseball, which is nice. Uh, We can kind of get a little bit better idea where teams are standing and where players are standing. And, you know, with that, we... You know, we kind of had a little bit of a hard time finding news uh, this week because there hasn't really been much to chew on as far as news. There's been good play, and, um, you know, there's been good uh, moments in game, but there hasn't been much news around the game to go into. So we kind of found some cool stuff um, that happened, you know, in the last week and just some stuff outside of baseball that I'm, I'm going to bring up too in a sec. But let's start this episode kind of how we always start our regular set of episodes with the... Uh, news roundup. So the first piece of news that I have, it's not really so much a single piece of news so much as just kind of an observation that a lot of, um, that I noticed some uh, publicists and uh, and people on Twitter and stuff have kind of noticed, but there's been a lot of injuries. And I know you, you do your set of injury stuff uh, later in the show, uh, so I'll leave you kind of to say who's actually going on the aisle and who's actually day-to-day <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. Um, but I just wanted to note that guys like Casey Mize, Sonny Gray, Byron Buxton, Javier Baez, uh, Hunjin Ryu, and Mike Trout, among you know many others, uh, are either on the IL or at least day to day at the moment. And those are just those guys right there are big names. I mean, Javier Baez and Mike Trout are some of the bigger names in baseball. And I just attribute it kind of to people aren't stretched out. You know, in the case of Mike Trout, he got hit in the hand. It is what it is. But it it, it could just play to the you know there wasn't quite as much time in spring training. Guys weren't able to work out quite like they usually were year in year out with the CBA. And it's just, uh, you know, it's it sucks to lose these big stars of the game, or potential stars, in, the, in maybe the case of Casey Mize. So, you know, I, it was just an ob- observation I, I made. I know, you, you know, you always bring the injuries, so I know you no- noticed it too. So, it, it's just weird. It, it sucks to see kind of the stars start to go one by one. It kind of also hurts this time of year. You want to try to rack up, you know, some wins so that you, you set yourself up later in the season. You know, so if you lose Mike Trout now, it's like, it's like, oh, that, that really hurts for, you know, for a few days or, or a week or two or, you know, whatever it takes. So, yeah, I don't know what, um, if you kind of know the same thing. I, I don't know if you want to elaborate more when you actually get to the injuries themselves, but I just thought I'd bring it up. Yeah, yeah. I know we mentioned it last week, just some players not being stretched out quite yet. So, um, <clears throat> definitely some injuries to some bigger name guys. And I think a lot of times it's more precautionary early in the year, too. That's why they put them on the IL. But um, definitely get into some more names when we get down to the the injury section here of uh, of the of the show. Yeah, because there also you also have people coming back, which is always good too. So, uh, but what, moving on to the second piece of news, uh, I'm just going to read a quote directly from CBS Sports, their MLB uh, uh, news part of CBS Sports. Um, this is in regard to the uh, Japanese pitcher that threw almost two perfect games back to back. So, quote, last weekend, uh, Chiba Latte Mariners Phenom, uh, Roki Sasaki, I believe that's the name of the the club, by the way, uh, he threw Japan's first perfect game in 28 years. 
He struck out a record-tying 19 batters, including a record-breaking 13 in a row at one point. It was one of the greatest pitching performances ever in any professional league. On Sunday, Sasaki nearly did it again. The 20-year-old right-hander fired eight perfect innings in the first start since the perfect game. He struck out 14 batters. Sasaki was pulled after throwing 102 pitches to protect his arm. He threw 105 pitches in the in the perfect game uh, with the game scoreless. The Hokkaido Nippon Ham Fighters went on to win the game 1-0 in 10 innings. So he actually, you know, actually lost that game, I guess. That's uh, that whole quote coming again from CBS Sports. Uh, so pretty cool a guy, uh, uh, 20 years old, first of all, not even able to, in, the, in America, legally drink yet. And he threw a perfect game with 13 strikeouts in a row and then comes out the next game and fires eight perfect innings again with, what was it here, 14 strikeouts there. So, I mean, it's just complete dominance from this guy. And, and I'm sure that that'll catch the eye of some MLB teams. And if he gets posted or if and when at this point, you know, you never know what MLB teams have already started to uh, kind of see what kind of international money they got lingering around, you know what I mean? So... I just thought it was a pretty cool thing. You don't, you know, we don't really talk about the other leagues, especially the international leagues. There's not much really news coming out of there. But I thought this was a cool stat, regardless of if you're Japanese, AAA, high school ball, or or whatever. That's uh, regardless, that's a pretty impressive feat, you know. Uh, Moving on to the third piece of news, Uh, I have here that there was a pretty cool moment for the Yankees, even though they kind of took a took a beating by the Orioles, but there was a little, a nice little moment for them in the middle of the game. So Yankees Nestor Cortez threw an immaculate inning uh, on route to a five inning, 12 strikeout outing. He threw a nine pitch, three strikeout inning, which is, which makes him the third Yankee to throw an immaculate inning within the last two years. Uh, Chad Green and, and Michael King being the other two. So while, you know, the immaculate inning is not quite as rare as a perfect game, you know, it's more kind of on the same level as like a no hitter as far as rarity. It's still a rare feat. You know, you don't just see immaculate innings like every game. You know, it's not like they just happen all the time. So I just thought it'd be cool, to, especially for a guy like Nestor Cortez, a little bit more of a scrappy pitcher, kind of changes arm angles, changes pitch speeds, and um, a little bit more unorthodox than your your Garrett Coles or your your uh, Zach Wheelers or your Walker Buellers. It's a little bit, you know, different. It kind of shows that even a pitcher like that can, can uh, you know, be effective in the game. So I just thought that was a cool little thing to throw out there. I don't know if you, I know you, you watched the Yankee game too. I know you probably saw it, but I just thought it, you know, immaculate inning, especially three for the Yankees now in, in two years. I know there's been others in the league, so it's, it's kind of cool seeing pitchers, you know, dominate at least for a little bit here, you know? Yeah. I believe their Yankees have nine, two in their franchise history, I believe mm-hmm. that's a total sum, but uh, yeah, immaculate inning is pretty impressive to throw nine pitches, get nine strikes and get the strikeout without a foul ball, ball, anything, you know, it's pretty, pretty hard to do. <clears throat> and you think about how many innings are pitched, how many there are, the percentage of times done, it's, it's very low. Yeah, right. Um, that, well, that was pretty cool. Some other notes I have um, to look at, you know, Miguel Cabrera coming up on 3,000 hits. I think he's only a couple hits away. Mm-hmm. You know, a handful away, four, five, six hits away. Uh, we have uh, Hunter Green made his debut. Electric find a debut also broke the record for the most uh, pitches in one outing over 100 plus mile per hour, I think it was 39. Um, throwing 101 mile per hour fastballs, 102 as a starting pitcher consistently throughout the game. is pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah. Uh, we had Pujols. He's got two home runs with the Cardinals. He's, you know, in his comeback there, um, off to a pretty strong start for them, as well as the team is. Um, I just thought that was noteworthy, knowing he is um, 
you know, 19 home runs away from 700. He's, you know, up there on the RBIs list. He's, what, ninth or so on the hits list. So just anything he does is pretty impressive at this point. But just something to note that he's, you know, got two home runs already here in the first, you know, week and a half of baseball. Right. That's, that's pretty pretty good start, uh, knowing he's chasing 700. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, the last bit I got here, which is also going to be our topic, you know, Kershaw with the perfect game. He had seven innings, perfect game, 80 pitches. Dave Roberts pulled him out to save his arm because he wasn't stretched out at all. <clears throat> they end up going on to, you know, not complete the no-hitter. Um, and it is a no-hitter at that point. Once the starting pitcher gets pulled out, it's not a perfect game because it's not perfect. There's a new pitcher. don't care what anybody says about that, but that's just how it is. But was it right for him to pull him out? So he wasn't stretched out was what they said. You know, he only threw a 70-pitch sim game. He wasn't stretched out. Um, I think if you really want to look at the stats and that stuff, did they pull him out? Was it the right decision? I mean, I guess you could say so. But really, was it? No. At a perfect game, there's no reason to pull him out. He's not throwing 130 pitches in that game. Because otherwise, he's not going to have a perfect game anymore. He's throwing 15 pitches next inning at 95. 15 more the next inning. He's, he's throwing 110 pitches. Perfect game. About where he was going to end up, 105, 110 pitches. So to pull him out there, it just doesn't, it doesn't make too much sense to me when, you, when you're chasing that much history at that place in his career. And as much as he's done for that franchise, I think he gets to say what he wants. And he was a little frustrated when he first got pulled out. And then he said, oh, the manager made the right decision and stuff like that. But he was upset when he first did it. I think he, he gets a chance to do what he wants there. <clears throat> if it's a no-hitter, pull him out. Mm-hmm. He's got a no-hitter. It's not as, you know, historic. Perfect game. You don't only get a chance that, you know, maybe once in your whole life. Right. So to pull him out there just didn't make much sense. Um, you know, and it was easy, an easy 80 pitches too. You know, you really struggled. The game really wasn't all that close for most of the game. So it wasn't like he was really intense in that, you know, one nut in game too. I think it was a pretty easy flowing 80 pitches. I feel like you should you could have easily let him go um, and just be ready. He walks a guy, take him out. He hits a guy, take him out. He throws two pitches, he gives us a hit, take him out. That's right. all. I just don't think that, you know, if he was at 100 pitches already, a little bit different story. Again, if it's a perfect game, then I'm letting him go, no matter what. Unless he says, I'm not pitching no more, which he's not going to say. Right. He, and he has the reputation and respect and legacy that he, that he should be able to say what he wants to do there. And he should be able to get to do that. And if something happens to his arm, he's 30, you know, late 30s. He's won World Series. He's, don't know his. he's been the biggest part of your franchise over the last 30 years. You can't say, oh, well, we really, you know, ruined our season because, you know, we pitched him early. That's not going to, Kershaw being hurt is not going to ruin your season at this point. He's mm-hmm. not even your ace. I don't even know if he's your two-man on that team. So, yeah, I think you should give him the shot there. So, that's, you know, if you really want to break it down, I guess you could say maybe he did the right thing, maybe, but I just don't think, and I think most of the baseball community says he didn't do the right thing. You let him pitch there. Yeah. He deserves that. It's very, very historic. You know, that's like taking a guy out. He's got three home runs. You take him out because he hasn't played a full nine innings behind the plate yet as a catcher or something. Yeah. He hasn't played nine innings in the field yet. Let's take him out because he's got three home runs. What? No, you don't do that. You let him do – you're going for history. Right. You let him get a shot at it. Yeah. And you'd be prepared for when it doesn't happen. You're ready to go. Or to that point, it's like, you know, a guy has a double, triple, and a home run, and he needs a single, and you're like, eh, let's yeah. take him out. Let's, let's pinch pull, at him. Let's pull – yeah, pull him out because he's played five – you know, five, six games in a row. He needs, you know, he's in a couple innings off. No, you don't do that. Yeah. Let him do what he's got to do. Right. So I thought that was, um, you know, that was, that was big news, you know, last week to see that. Um, so I was a little upset to see them do that. 
Because yeah. there's a chance the perfect game has only been, you know, what, 20 of 20? Like 25, 26 in that yeah. ballpark, right? It hasn't right? been one since what, Felix, and that was, what, 2016? It was uh, 10 years ago now. I think it was 2012, wasn't it? 2012. There you go. Even yeah. longer. So, I mean, it's, I think you give, you give him a chance there. Yeah. Um, Especially at only 80 pitches. Right. You know, if he threw 75, I think it was 70 or 75 pitch sim game. I think it was 75. Usually you go up 15 pitches. Hmm? Really should have been at least at 90. So you would have had another inning or so. Yeah, and then you pull him out at that point. You and, know. and the thing is, you couldn't pull him out. Once he gets eight, you can't pull him out. Yeah, you can't. But still, so he goes 90, so I feel like he, sh- he should have definitely been able to give it a shot. Yeah, I, I mean, Kershaw, and you could use this as an argument to pull him. Kershaw has nothing left to prove in his career, really. There's not much left he's got. You know, he's got he's got a ring. He's got a no-hitter. He's got, uh, I think in the no-hitter, he had like a 16-strikeout game. Multiple Cy Youngs. I think he had an MVP. I mean, you know, the guy's very... Has his accolades, has proven himself, um, you know, to baseball that he can pitch. He's thir- I think he's 33, 34. But t- to take away a perfect game from anybody, even if it's, you know, even if it was 40-year-old, even if he was 40, 41, 42, and he wasn't quite had the accolades like Clayton Kershaw, uh, I just think to take away a perfect game from a guy is, is just bad. I understand it's early. I understand the decision. I'm not totally blind and deaf to the under, to understanding why that happened. I understand it's early in the year. You're going for a World Series. You don't want to blow the guy's arm out, or, or I guess if that's what the concept was, um, this early in the year, and then you and then you're really in dire straits with pitching because they're already kind of you know, the pitching staff's already a little rougher without Trevor Bauer. So I understand the the philosophy, but it's exactly like you said, where his pitch count was perfectly reasonable. It was a Perfectly reasonable pitch count. It wasn't a one nothing game where a home run all of a sudden it's tied. You know, he's... And from what I remember from watching highlights of the game, it was a fairly easy seven innings for him. I think he was dealing. Like, it was... Twelve strikeouts, I believe. Yeah, so I... I Again, I understand from a managerial standpoint why Dave Roberts did it. It's a hard decision to make. Um, it's not the right decision, in my opinion. It's still his to make. Um, and maybe Kershaw does agree with it. Maybe he's like, hey, you know what, Skip, you're right. I, I, I don't want to blow my arm out this early in the year. But I, I don't – I just – I can't see – me as a manager, I'm not an MLB manager, but me as a manager, I can't see myself making that decision. No, I, I just would, think it's wrong. I would not pull him out unless he came up to me and said, I'm not pitching no more. Yeah. And then what do you say? Okay, you know what? We pitched him 110 pitches. Maybe he wasn't quite ready for that. Skip him. Right. Skip him one rotation spot. And I guarantee it. You I, you could write this right down, Stone. You've seen the last three, four years. He, Kershaw will miss about a month and a half to two months this season with injuries. He usually does, yeah. And they'll come along real slow because they don't want to get his innings up. They want to rest his arms for the playoffs and all this stuff like that. So what are you doing? You know he's going to be late and he's going to be missing time because he's going to rest his arm. So why? Just pitch him. Just pitch him. And like I said, if something did happen, God forbid, and he, he hurt his arm, that's not going to kill that team. If Kershaw not being on that team at this point in his career affects their real ability to go win a World Series, and that team's not nowhere near as good as people think it is. There's not a, I don't think there's a superstar on a team then. Those guys separately on, on a team by themselves could pull a team four mm-hmm. individually. And you have five, six, seven, eight of them on a team together. You don't need Kershaw at 35 years old. No. Don't that- need you know, 90-mile-per-hour fastballs anymore. You just don't need – he's just not the same. Right. He's not your ace or two guy. Yeah, he's close to the twilight of his career. You're not really yeah, putting so all I, your chips on him. That's you know? exactly why. I said, you know, just give him a chance. 
So I don't know. Uh, wasn't a great decision, I didn't think. Um, no. One I would make at all. No, I, I You'd have to come to me and almost fight me to take him out of that game. Like, yeah. I am not pitching. Like, or, I'm not walking out there anymore. Okay. Yeah, or, he's, or he says he hurt. Or he's hurt already. Yeah, he's like, hey, you know what? I'm feeling a little tight. You know what I mean? I, I, you it know. wasn't a real cold day in Minnesota. It wasn't like no crazy weather. It wasn't like a, it was raining and stuff like that. It was easy to just let him go. So. Yeah. I, I uh, Tough call by Dave Roberts uh, to do that to him. But And like I said, with all those accolades... You throw a perfect game onto all what he's already done in his career. I mean, you, you know, he's already, he becomes close to a baseball immortal, you know, at that point. He becomes, at least for our generation, you know what I mean? So, uh, I I can't I can't side with Dave Roberts on that one, nor do I usually side with his managerial decisions, truthfully. No, Dave Roberts is, is like the Rob Manfred of managers. Yeah. You just never, you never really understand what's going on. No, no. So, I, I yeah, I don't like that one. Not at all. Yeah, 80 pitches. I mean... Yeah, if the guy was at 110 already... Somehow. Yeah. You know, um, you know or if it's a no-hitter and he's at 100 yeah. pitches... If it's a no-hitter, take him out. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah, let the bullpen... Perfect game, he's at 110 for some reason. There's two innings left. Okay. I still wouldn't take him out because it's a perfect game, but at least then it's like, okay, you know, really got to start thinking this guy might throw 140, 150 pitches. Yeah. You know. I mean, Which you just don't see anymore. And they, you know? they, a lot of people use a Santana excuse. He was way different. Mm-hmm. He had major shoulder surgeries on his arm, and he had Mets plin stripes on. <laughs> it was way much difference. He was he had major arm surgeries. Kershaw had some arm injuries and stuff, but more back injuries. Nothing too too major. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't make much sense. And he's not a power pitcher. No, not anymore. Yeah, he wasn't pumping it in there at ninety five. You know what yeah. I mean? He's you know, no, it doesn't, doesn't more make, crafty. Doesn't make much sense to me. I think you let him pitch there and you give him a shot at history. And you know, he might throw one pitch and get up a hit or hit the guy or something. Yeah. Go through four bridges and walk them. Take him out. See you later. Yeah, at least give him the shot, you know? At least yeah. let him F it up on his own accord, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Or let the other guy beat you. Don't let, you know, Dave Roberts let him beat himself, essentially, you know? Yeah. But, uh, you know, with that decision. And what was it? An inning later, I think two batters later, Gary Sanchez hit a single or something, you yeah. know? Against it was like, shift, yeah. Yeah, so that could have happened to Kershaw. Gary Sanchez comes up and ropes a single, and uh, there goes perfect game, and we take him out. He had a ball right back at him to end the inning before. Yeah, so. And and Gavin Lux made a nice play. Save it. So, I don't know. That's just a tough one there, but I think you got to make, you know, the right decision was leaving him in the game, unless he told you to pull him out, which we know when he got came out, it didn't look like that. No. Yeah, uh, 100% agree. I just, it's the wrong call. So, with that, let's move into our wrap-up for the news and discussions here. So, with the wrap up is who's doing the best right now. So again, kind of like I said at the top and what we said last week, there's not really much to chew on. You know, you pretty much just have a good opening week and you're, and you're looking and you're sitting pretty, but there, I think there's uh some already some early indications of who's good and who's not. So uh, the Dodgers and the giants own the current best record in baseball at seven and two. And in the NL, the Mets are right behind them at seven and three over in the AL. The best record right now is owned by the white Sox at six and three. And I believe the Rays are behind them at six and four or and the Astros too. So not much, no many, you know, no like 10 and O or, you know, nine and one type type starts to these guys. Uh, Dodgers also on the best run differential at plus 27 and the red zone, the worst at minus 20, 24. So um, I don't suspect the reds will be there all year because you have the Orioles and the pirates also in the league. So I don't know if the reds will always be there. The Dodgers certainly could uh, run that show. We've seen that before in some years. Uh, so that's who's doing the best right now. I know Frank's got some updates with 
injuries and stuff, so I'll let him kind of handle that, and we'll get into uh, who's hot and who's not after that, teams and players. Yeah, yeah, so some uh, some hot teams here I want to mention. Um, you got the Angels playing good over their last uh, 10 games or so, or first 10 games, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, the A's, the Mets, Dodgers, and Giants, some teams that aren't that are struggling here to start the season. We have Cleveland, the Twins, Rangers, the Reds, and the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks, especially on offense, I believe they only have, let's say, three hits with runners to scoring position this year. I believe the right hit, right-hand hitters only have, uh, I think it was two hits against left-handed pitchers, the right-handed hitters or something like that. They're, yeah, just, something, really, they're yeah. just not doing anything good. And you'd think they have some couple offensive players there too. But, um, yeah, so there's just some teams that I do, you know, some hot teams, some cold teams here to start off the year, you know, and then we could go to some hot players as well, you know, some hot hitters. I mm-hmm. got here DJ LeMahieu, Jose Ramirez, Nick Cassianos, Brian Hayes, and Nolan Arenado. Those are some players that are really hitting the hitting the cover off the ball here to start the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Hayes had a double already today, first at bat to lead off the game. On the flip side, you got some cold cold hitters as well, you know, Fran Mel Reyes, Alex Bregman, Dylan Carlson, Luis Robert, and Goldschmidt. Mm-hmm. Some big name players there who are struggling. And that's just how it goes. It's the ups and downs of the year, especially early early in the season. For some of these veteran guys, they don't get quite as much at bats in spring training and things like that. So, um, you know, that's just how it goes. And some of these guys, it makes sense to why these teams are struggling. You have Fred Reyes on the cold list. That's why Cleveland might be struggling a bit here. You know, it just makes sense. That's why some of these things, you know, happen. But you know, and sometimes it just doesn't make much sense. You got a guy that's red hot and his team's lost five in a row. It's just. Sometimes that's you know, how it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as far as the hot players, uh, your players of the week were Jose Ramirez and uh, Seiya Suzuki, the new, uh, uh, Cub, newest Cub player. You also had Jonathan VR, batted 563 last week quietly. Nick Asianos, Rafael Devers, both batted 409, you know, between the two of them. So you have those five hot players. And then as far as the cold players, the only person I have different from, what, from who Frank just mentioned is Aristides Aquino. Uh, so Dylan Carlson, Luis Robert, Framil Reyes, Paul Goldschmidt, all obviously cold. And then Aristides Aquino also hit .050, you know, so below 100 averages for all those guys, not hitting great. To see two Cardinals on there, obviously not the best uh, look for them right now. Um, not that that's, you know, like we always say every year with the hot and cold list, it just is what it is that week. You know, it's just, that's just baseball. You know, you look at Framil Reyes, you know, uh, for Cleveland on the cold list, batting 048. And then you have Jose Ramirez batting 526 over the last week. So, you know, baseball giveth and taketh away, I guess. So that's a, you know, you know Frank just went through some of them, and I, I went through, I just had a few different ones. So that's who your hot and cold players are for the week. And then, you know, I know you, you had mentioned some teams too. There's uh, teams that got off to really, really good starts and some teams that are really trying to get off – trying to get on the bandwagon and try yeah. to, you know, get hitting and get pitching, you know? Yeah, definitely. And, and talking some pitching here, you know, I got some hot pitchers, hot, some cold pitchers here too. Um, <clears throat> some hot pitchers to mention. Uh, Cortez, Mr. Cortez for the Yankees. Andrew Heaney for the Dodgers. Verlander came back, coming back from Tommy John, pitching very good here start the season. Drew Smiley pitching great. And Josh Hader out of the bullpen. Uh, I believe last week he was three innings, three saves, no runs, no issues at all. Um, some cold pitchers here, some big names on this list as well. Zach Wheeler got beat up, I believe, yesterday. Gave a bunch of runs. Patrick Corbin's been struggling for two years now. Sonny Gray off to a bad start there in Minnesota with a new team. Um, you have Kyle Hendricks with uh, the Cubs. It's just kind of how it goes, especially with not the you know high velocity 
you know, he's missing location. He gets beat up, you know, pretty quickly. Um, and then Otani struggling with pitching as well. He gave, I believe, six runs the other day. So um, those are some big-name guys who are struggling pitching-wise um, to go along with the hot and cold hitters. You know, those are hot and cold pitchers as well. <clears throat> you know, the next part here, we go into some injuries, um, which we already brought up earlier in the, in the episode here. You know, some names that we've seen recently. Um, place in the IL. We have Ryu, place on the IL. Lourdes Gariel for the Blue Jays as well, with a, most likely a oblique, oblique or side issue. Uh, John Means, elbow. They say there's a chance he misses the whole season, wow. which is which is a shame. Uh, Luis Patino for the Rays, oblique uh, on his uh, you know season debut. Javier Baez placed on the IL. We have Byron Buxton banged up here. Um, Always. Not, yeah, I don't think he's expected to be on the IL, um, but you know, possibility of missing a few games and maybe placed on the IL later on. Mm. Trout pegged in the hand. X-rays, MRI look good. It's you know expected to be back in the lineup here in the next two days, which is good. Ryan Presley pushed, placed on the IL. Sergio Romo. Mitch Haniger was placed on the COVID IL. We've seen some COVID players. The A's had six COVID players placed on the IL. So we still see some of those things coming around. Uh, Tyjon Walker was left his start with the Mets. He was placed on the IL. Nick Senzel, he was placed uh, or he missed a game here with sickness, COVID-related, but still sickness. He's always seems to be on the wrong side of the injury list as well. Uh, and Garrett Hampson placed on the IL with the with the Rockies. <clears throat> so those are some bigger name guys, or at least <clears throat> at least for their team, right. you know, that that they really you know sorely missed um, on the. Better side of news, some of these names are similar as last week because they're still hurt, but they're getting healthy. Uh, Rushman was playing games, I believe minor league games. He was getting back in action. Hopefully he can make a debut for the for the Orioles here soon. We have Chris Sale starting, you know, starting to throw, play catch. He's starting to recover from his broken ribs. Giolito is progressing well, they said. John Gray should be back here pretty shortly. They said he was doing pretty well. Uh, Ronald Acuna starting a rehab assignment, and target date is May 6th for him to return which is great news. Cool. Annabelle Sanchez is progressing in his recovery. Uh, Abdulbo Herrera for the Phillies is recovering, and they expect him, I believe he was on a rehab assignment, and expect him back soon. We have um, Urias for the Brewers. He is um, progressing, progressing slowly, but progressing, hoping to have him back somewhat soon to add to their depth of their team. Mm-hmm. Jack Flaherty started a, a throwing program. He should be back here. Um, after he gets, you know, thrown program and gets his arm stretched out, some rehab assignments, he should be back here, I would say, beginning of May, mm-hmm. which is great for the Cardinals. That's that's huge news for them. Tommy Canley for the Dodgers, uh, forgotten name maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, he's progressing well. He's supposed to be, you know, like the first name back out of their pitching medical tent, I guess you could say, the mm-hmm. pitchers that are hurt. Yeah, they yeah. expect him back, you know, sooner rather than later compared to the other guys. Blake Snell and Blank Covenger both progressing well in their recoveries. Mm-hmm. And Tatis, I know there hasn't been too much news for him, but he is in the dugout with the, with the Padres. There's some video of him falling down on a soccer ball or something. That's great, right? Like yeah. his broken wrist. That was yeah. great. Almost blew his leg out there. I'm yeah. not sure why they don't have that guy wrapped in a bubble, but um, he is progressing. Um, you see him in the dugout. You see him hang out, you know, in the clubhouse with the, with the teammates and stuff. So he's progressing. I would say you'll probably see him kind of disappear here soon. Because mm. he'll probably start going on some more rehab assignments and stuff like that. Maybe some, um, maybe not rehab assignments yet, but you know, he's gonna start doing you know his own his own recovery thing. We're not really in the clubhouse as much, so you might right. see him kind of in and out. But um, he is progressing, um, and they do expect you know his timetable still the same. So it's not gotten any worse. Mm-hmm. 
which is good for you know baseball and Padre fans. But um, overall, those are some of the bigger names on both sides who just got placed in the IL or hurt or and are coming back. So the list is was a relatively big list on the bad side, mm-hmm. but also the good side. There's some big names there, you know, Rushman and Sale and Acuna, Flaherty. Those are some big names right. on the verge or, you know, progressing to come back, which is great because that's what you want to see. You want to see the big players on the big teams making the most impact, you know, when you're watching the games. You don't want to see, you know, the backups. There's nothing wrong with them. You just don't – that's not what you want to see. You want to see the biggest guys, the best guys, and the superstars, the most personality. You want to see them on the field making the plays and helping your team win. So we're on the verge of getting some of those guys back. Um Again, a lot of these injuries more just early in the season, not stretched out, um, being very precautious, saying, hey, you know what? You're a little banged up. Let's put you on a 10-day IL. It's not that many days. It's 10 days. It's a week of baseball, a week and a half of baseball, and let's make sure you're healthy for when the weather turns here and the season really dives in. Once right. you start to get to May, you know, your, your your cleats are planted in the ground and the season started. April's just, you know, kind of sometimes it's how it is. Once May comes around, the season started, it's time to go. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I don't think that's lost to anyone that, uh, you know, there's some stars definitely getting hurt and missing from the game. Um, but hopefully, like you said, it's kind of Mike Trout's a little bit more minor thing because we've been missing him uh, last few seasons. Uh, I've seen him getting hurt here and there. Byron Buxton is, is a human. I don't even know what at this another point. He's like a, a just a test him. dummy. Yeah, you need another one. Um, Acuna, while he's coming back, you know, he seems to always – uh, fight some sort of stupid injury. Tatis is always hurt, so um, we'll see what happens. But uh, it's good to see that there are stars coming back as well as, you know, hopefully the bigger stars we don't see, like a, like a John Means where he said he could miss the whole year. We don't want to see stuff like that. So so we'll see what happens with that. And, you know, there's always injuries. There's always injury updates every week. All of a sudden your favorite player could be on the IL, you know, major or minor. Uh, with the coming weeks, we'll have more updates on that. Frank will bring, you know, the usual uh, injury update, and uh, we'll go from there. And like I said, hopefully, it's like I always say, too, on the, on the pod. It's just uh, let's keep the list of returns higher than the list going on. And let's just keep it at that. Yeah, definitely. That's the way you want it to be, especially with the big names. You, you know, you're really paying the money to see. You know, go watch. The last bit, though, um, is always, you know, just a trivia question. So uh, the trivia question for this week <clears throat> since we had the Immaculate Inning and stuff like that, I figured let's go another way of some history. Oh, pop, you know, almost perfect game, too. And went, well, who was the last player to hit four home runs in one game? And the answer is J.D. Martinez, September 4th, 2017, for Arizona at Dodger Stadium. He hit four home runs. Uh, the second last player was the same year, Scooter Jeanette, June 6th, 2017, Reds versus Cardinals. He hit four home runs as well. So that was, you know, that's the trivia question for this week. That was a very historic. There's only been 18 people to ever do it. 18 times, 18 people. Mm-hmm. Um, oddly enough, there's been six AL players and 12 NL players who have done it. So it's pretty, usually it's a little bit more even spread there. But um, right. that was a little surprising as well. But uh, again, who was the last player to hit four home runs in one game? J.D. Martinez on September 4th, 2017 with the Arizona Diamondbacks against, at Dodger Stadium against the Dodgers. Yeah, he... Uh... J.D. Martinez can mash the ball, and, you know, then you pair that with the same year you have Scooter Jeanette, who I don't even know is really uh, – he may be active somewhere, but I don't think he's really, like, you know, a, a fixture on a team at all. Um, so it just kind of goes to show, uh, you know, that, you know, one day you're just right. I mean, look, you know, in regards to pitching, kind of similar, uh, you know, I guess history-defining stat line, 
would be Philip Umber through a perfect game. And there's probably some people that heard that and went, who? You know? Dallas Braden. Yeah. Thursday, you know. Yeah, it's just, you know, sometimes you just have a really good day. If you're a hitter, you're seeing the ball like a beach ball. If you're a pitcher, it's just, no matter what you throw, it's like they can't hit it. So, you know, it's, um, I would think that a lot of baseball fans who are, are current and more recent baseball fans do remember those. You know, whether you're a Diamondback fan or a Reds fan, or I guess if you're a Dodgers fan or or whatever that happened against, you know, I'm sure that most people remember. I certainly do. I remember when they did that because it's like you said, 18 times. You know, it, you kind of remember stuff like that when you see it. Yeah. You know, yeah, you remember where you were. The last AL player was what Josh Hamilton. That yeah, was against, AL, against, against the Orioles. Orioles. That yeah. was was that 2011. It had to be because it wasn't during. Yeah, had to be 2011, 2012, the ballpark. Yeah. Yeah, it was my fantasy team. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had him that year. He went nuts that day. Yeah. So he was five for five, I believe. Yeah, because he had a yeah he came up again for wall. five home runs. Yeah, and it was a double off the top of the wall, I believe. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, no one's ever hit five. So no, no. So yeah, it's pretty impressive. Um, but overall, yeah, it's you know relatively slower week, news wise. Baseball, like I said, um, you know some teams still having their home openers and stuff like that. We're getting into, you know, the second full week so you're gonna start getting more into the flow of things things are starting to click more you're gonna start seeing a little bit better baseball more guys stretched out kind of the more you know flow of the game is gonna roll better so i would say by the end of this week you know you really feel like baseball's back and you're in the flow and you're really starting to you know the wheels are picking up here and spinning because you know the end of this week we're almost may once may comes it's it's baseball season it's you you know you you got to be ready to go Agreed. No more, I'm not stretched out, no more, stuff like that. Now you're ready to go. Once you're coming off injury, I mean, it's time to go. Mm-hmm. No more waiting around. It's May. It's warm weather. We got to play. We got to win. We got a vision to chase. Yep. Otherwise, you know, the only small other thing we got, you know, we had a fantasy baseball opening week. That went pretty well. Uh, it was always a good time. Um, yeah. I didn't win, but my team looked all right, so yeah. I can I could at least get with that. You Mike, know? Uh, yeah, Mike struggled mightily the first couple of days against uh, Dom. Oh, the opening weekend, I want to trade everyone. <laughs> Batted yeah. about one forty. Yeah, that was good. That was good. That was really impressive by Mike's team there. <laughs> um, but I'm facing Mike this week. I did win, so that was good. Played a very good week, and I'm facing Mike this week, so he'll probably go nuts this week and beat the snot out of me. Let's hope. And uh, <laughs> we'll be uh, we'll be on a downward spiral to the end of the world so um <laughs> the good news is i'm not i can't lose every game i already got that first win out of the way that's true so i got a shot at perfection but mm-hmm. I, you know i can't be you know just a complete idiot i don't so no mike's had a shot at going all the way i i could have a completely losing season that's believe impressive. It or not. yeah that is that, impressive. that's never been done before that's just, it's just as impressive as a undefeated season true yeah you know really that's impressive you're just that bad yeah if you're going to be bad, you might as well be really, you know, yeah. said that here many a time. If you're going to be bad, just be really bad. Yeah, right, right. You know, it doesn't help the draft pick next year, though. No, no. You'll still be right on the board. No yeah, it's still... So it doesn't matter how many games he wins. But yeah. it's, I know how he goes. He'll win the, you know, loses a week or two weeks in a row, then he wins 15 in a row, and then you can never catch him. Yep. That is how my team usually goes. And I could win every week and then get to the playoffs. My team would bet 130 and have a 19 ERA, and I'll be knocked out. <laughs> And then win the next two rounds and get, you know, fourth or fifth. Yeah, get a consolation prize, you know. Yeah, get fifth for no reason. Get a pat on the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, um, but yeah, that was our first week. We're rolling into our second full week here of fantasy, so that's always good. Yep. Beginning of the year is always tough in fantasy because you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what the players are going to do. You're getting the early injuries where the guys are just precautionary and stuff like that. Once the season gets in the flow of things, though, you kind of know what your team's going to look like, where you're going to need some some pieces, just like the regular, just like regular baseball. 
So it's uh, it's always fun, and it keeps you a great way to keep up with stats and teams and players and stuff because you just see what's going on and you know what's who's leading the league and who's doing this, and you know it's really a great way to keep up with baseball. Yeah. If you're not in the league, it's definitely something to try joining. Yeah. We always have open, you know, we always open to taking more teams in our league every year too. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's you know, if you like fantasy football and you're a big baseball guy, I don't see why you don't do fantasy baseball. So it's a lot easier than you think too. I know it's every day, but it's very, very easy. You can check twice a day and you're good to go. Yeah, once you get once you, you can check once flow, a day. Yeah, once you get the flow of it, it's not that hard. It is every day, but it's not hard. Your team's kind of set each day. You know yeah. who you're doing. Yeah, how many you know times the players? You know what's going on. You just if he has a game, he doesn't. You put him in. He's mm-hmm. not playing. He's not in the lineup that day. He's taking out of your lineup. How yeah. hard is that? If he's batting one fifty, and get him the hell out of there. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? yeah. Put the guy on the bench who's batting you know three hundred. Yeah, exactly. Last seven days. It's not hard. Yeah. You know, if you want to dive deeper into it, like you know me and. While the guys in our league, yeah, mm-hmm. it could be definitely more more complicated and more busying. If you're just more of an average fan, but you know the players and you know what's going on, it it can be just as simple as football. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. A, it is every day. Yeah. So there is a stat every day, and like football, but you, you don't have to go nuts over it. <laughs> no, no, football is more like three, you know, but um, it's not as bad as as some people think it can be. So, uh, yeah, we rec- definitely recommend it if you're a big fantasy if you're a big fantasy person. Really, if you like fantasy football a lot and you like the daily. Or if it, there's people out there that don't do, you know, baseball leagues, but they do the daily fantasy pickums, you know, the, the line. So, you know, if you're a fan of that and you're just a general fan of baseball, it's if you can get a league together, do it. Or join a random league if you can, you know, you can I know people do that. Yahoo, ESPN, all that stuff. So yeah. there's ways to do it. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of all I have for the episode. Um, hopefully I do better this week against Frank, <laughs> but I, I never like coming off a loss and then going to play Frank. It's not ideal. So. No, I- I don't like every place I'm just like, <laughs> I know that always goes. He'll have seven triples from his catchers and everything else, and I'll be losing. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll update next week with what happened. So yeah, um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, but like I said, that's kind of all I got. So if you want, uh, if you, unless you got anything else, we can wrap this one up. No, that's it. So um, that's all we got. We'll be rolling into uh, the third week here of the season, and um, yeah, I mean, once we once we get through these first two weeks or so, you're really kind of in the, in the grind of the season. So we'll see um, what's going on and who kind of who we expect to fall where once you get those first two weeks out of the way. Yeah, well, like I said, you know, even with early records, you can kind of see where everyone's heading. You kind of already got you know Dodgers up top, Giants, of course, are still there somehow. <laughs> you know, so we'll see. It's uh, early, early for baseball. You can't really say yet. It's hard to say. All right, well, uh, thank you guys for listening. You can catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at RealMikeLaprie. You can follow me on Instagram at MikeLaprie. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FDubs10. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep, take care.